Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We're going to start a study And it's about a topic that each one of us will face or is facing now. But it's a topic that we don't like. And the issue is the issue of suffering. It is something that we try to avoid in our lives. We try to do everything we can to ensure that we don't suffer. We try to make life as comfortable as possible for us. But the reality is, the way life is, the nature of life, the reality that you and I have to come to grips with is that we're going to suffer. We're going to endure hardships. We're going to have difficulties. We're going to have problems. We're going to grieve loved ones who have died. Suffering is a part of our lives. Now, that's difficult for you and I as Americans because we're used to a certain lifestyle. We're used to a certain frame of reference where we take care of ourselves and you know we have affluence as far as the rest of the world is concerned and we're not used to suffering and I'll be honest with you as I was thinking about it this week that's only been recently that we've had that kind of thinking only within the last 40 years 40 or 50 years because if you look at history and you look at the history of our founding of our country and so forth and some of you are old enough to remember times when times were tough And difficulty was just a part of life. And it didn't surprise you when it happened. In fact, you live with the expectation of what's around the corner because something's going to happen. But what we've done is is we've gotten kind of cushy. And, And here's what happens. Because we're not used to suffering, because we don't like suffering and we don't like hardship and trials and pain, what happens is, is that when it comes in our lives, we then immediately turn around and blame God. God, why did you let this happen to me? God, why am I going through this? Don't you love me, God? As if He's the reason why it's happening. As if God chose to bring suffering in your life. Because maybe He's getting a kick out of it. But the reality is, my friends, and we've got to remind ourselves... God's not the one who brought suffering into our world. That choice was made long ago in a garden. And sin entered into the world. And sin brought suffering. It was a choice that we didn't make. But reality is is that we would have made the same choice as they did, given the right circumstances. Suffering is a part of our lives. And it's difficult to grasp. Because we don't like suffering. How many of you like to suffer? None of us. And we try to do everything we can to protect ourselves, don't we? But have you noticed that as much as we try to protect ourselves from suffering, we can't protect all of our lives from suffering, can't we? It just comes. And so what we're going to do is, is over the next six weeks, because we're going to look at the Scripture, because I want you to understand something. The Scripture has a premise that runs through it. It's a premise about Jesus and His salvation. It's a premise about God and His ways and His and what He has for mankind. But there's also an underlying premise in the Bible. And the underlying premise in the Bible is, is that suffering is a part of our lives. And the question is not whether or not there will be suffering or why suffering happens. The question is, how are you going to 
handle suffering. Did you hear what I said? The issue isn't why suffering happens. The issue isn't whether suffering will come. The issue is how you're going to handle it. How you're going to cope with it. It's interesting to me. The economy is turning bad in our country. Have you noticed that? I mean, you, you ought to be aware of it. If you don't listen to any news, you've got to be aware of that. And Americans are panicking now because their whole lifestyle is on the edge. And I don't know about you, but I've been reading a lot about that our lifestyles are going to change. If you don't realize that, you need to realize that. Our lifestyles are going to change. We're not going to have it the way we used to have it. And people can't handle that, so now they're looking to a leader to try to bring it back to where they can have security. But my friends, you can't stop suffering. It's a part of life. It's a part of life. And especially for you and I as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to have a biblical perspective. And so today we're going to talk about not being surprised. Don't be surprised at the issue of suffering. I want you to notice with me, we're going to look at verses 12 through 19 of 1 Peter. Peter wants us to grasp this reality about the reality of suffering. And we're going to lay a foundation here with this. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the issue of coping and handling suffering because we know it's going to come. It's going to come. But we want to respond to suffering in a biblical way. So notice with me, verse 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. And on their part, he is blasphemed. But on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the, will the ungodly and a sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. First thing I want you to know is we're going to look at verses 12 and 13. We're going to see there's an encouragement there. He's going to give us an exhortation. He's going to try to strengthen us a little bit with the reality that exists for every one of us. And so here's the first thing I want you to see. Don't be shocked by suffering in your lives. Don't be shocked by suffering in your life. It's a reality. Listen, in fact, you may be here right now and everything's going rosy. In fact, everything's going well. Everything you got, everything's fine. Everything's wonderful. You know, you're at peace. You're like, man... Things could not be better. Well, hold on. Just wait. Something's coming. Isn't that a reality? And it usually comes from places that you don't expect. And here's what Peter is saying to you and I. Don't think it a strange thing like something weird is happening. In fact, isn't that what we do? We'll go to God and we'll say, God, what's going on? Why are you allowing this to happen to me? Peter's saying, look, don't look at it as a strange. This is just life. The kids have a series at home that I like watching with them sometimes. And it's the Little House on the Prairie series. How many of you remember Little House on the Prairie on TV? Charles and Laura Engel. 
I'll watch it with him. And isn't it funny? Because a lot of the episodes will be about the hardships that the Ingalls family goes through. So I remember one episode that they, they have a bountiful wheat harvest coming on and it looks like they're really going to make it. And it looks like, man, when they get that crop in, they're going to have a lot of money. And then all of a sudden, a hailstorm comes, wipes it all out, and there's their plans for the future gone. Then there's another episode. They got a lot of money saved up. All of a sudden, they get a property tax notice and they got to go pay all that money for property taxes. That was just expected. Life was hard. Do you remember a time when you, some of you who are older, remember life being hard? We've gotten away from that. We've gotten so comfortable now that when we get a bad report, we're shocked. And Peter is saying to you and I, don't be shocked by the suffering in your life. It's amazing to me when I am able to leave and go and minister in other countries, especially third world countries, and you meet people there and the suffering is a part of their life on a day-to-day basis. They don't look at suffering as some kind of strange thing. It's just a reality. And my friends, today as believers, we've got to get back to reality and not be surprised by the fact of suffering. The next thing I want you to see here is this. Here's what he says. Suffering is normal. Look at what he says again. Not that we should think it's strange or not that we should shock. Notice what he says. Beloved, don't think it's strange concerning a fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. It's not some kind of strange thing. The fact of the matter is, my friends, suffering is normal. Now, we don't like that. We don't like that. We're, you know, we've been influenced a lot by books we read or, or by television where everybody lives happily ever after. Remember the fairy tales? You know, Cinderella puts on a slipper, gets with the prince, and they live happily ever after. Wow. Not somebody needs to write a book about what it was after. Isn't that true? Because that's reality. Suffering is a part of our lives. It's normal. Get a grip. So many people got to get a grip. It's tough. It's tough. And then he goes on and he says this. Listen, here's the encouragement. Find your joy in Christ. Look at what he says here. Verse 13. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you also may be glad with exceeding joy. See, in the midst of the reality that suffering is going to happen, a biblical response is now to rejoice in God because he's going to see you through it. In fact, the Bible describes it as you sharing in his sufferings, because remember, he was the suffering servant. He suffered so that you might have salvation. And so as you suffer, you share in His sufferings. And you can have joy in that. And you can persevere. And you can find your hope. But let's be honest, so many of us, we respond like the rest of the world. When suffering happens, we're just like, and we get angry. We get angry with God. We get angry with everybody else. But He's saying, find your joy in God. See, that's the encouragement. So then he goes on and he tells us about coping with suffering. Look with me at verse 14 through 19. Several things I want you to see here. First of all, look at verse 14. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the Son, the Spirit of glory of God rests upon you. And on your part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. First thing I want you to notice this, and you may think this is unusual, but I'll explain what I'm talking about here. God is glorified through your suffering. What? Come on, George, give me a break. 
God is glorified through me going through a tough time? What is that? On the surface, it sounds crazy. How many of you think that's crazy on the surface? Just be honest. Yes. Well, let's get beneath the surface. I want you to notice what he says here. On their part, who's he talking about there? That is, people who don't believe. He is what? Blasphemed. And have you ever noticed somebody who doesn't know Jesus, that when they go through something, when they go through a trial, when they go through a struggle, what's the first thing they do? They blame God. In fact, you've watched it on your TV. Every time some big hurricane happens, whenever some kind of typhoon happens and thousands of people are killed, immediately on the news stage, you'll see people get on there and they'll say, what? Why would God let that happen? And they're blaspheming God. Blaming God. So on their part, they blaspheme Him. But notice what it says here. But on your part... He is glorified. And you say, what does that mean? Let's get a little bit beneath the surface here. Here's what happens. See, the Bible assumes the reality that suffering is going to be a part of your life. Listen to me. You've got to get this point. The Bible assumes the reality that you're going to struggle. You're going to suffer. You're going to grieve. You're going to suffer loss. You're going to suffer pain. You're going to go through hardship. You're going to experience different things in your life. That is an assumption that runs throughout the Bible. But the assumption is, is that God's people will look to who in the midst of their pain. God. God's people will run to Him as He is a strong tower and they'll run to Him as a refuge in the midst of their problems. God's people will not give up hope. They will rest in God no matter what the difficulties are. They will have a hope for the future. See, you're different than the person who's angry who doesn't know Jesus. They don't have any hope. But you will have a strength to see you through it and by that strength that you find in Him, He is glorified. That's the point He's making here. You see my point? Others who have no hope, all they have is just to live for now. And they get angry. Why would God let this happen to me? But you who have God, you can rest in Him. You can find your strength in Him. You can know that I have a hope. No matter what happens, I have God. And He's glorified because, listen, here's what happens. Others will look at you and say, hmm, how did you get through that? I'll never forget it. September 1986. I was a college student. I was working at Burger King. I was on the morning shift. And the store manager came over to me and said, you need to go home. He didn't tell me what. He said, you need to go home now. Just leave. Go home. So I drove from West Columbia all the way over to, which is near Lexington County, drove all the way over to near Kershaw County where my mom lived. Walked through the door. My mom looked at me and she said, your daddy is dead. Somebody killed him. And everything is a blur after that for the next two weeks. But I'll never forget an old deacon in the church coming up to me and saying to me, Boy, I've been watching you. And I don't know how you got through these two weeks except for God. It was God. He was glorified. See, some of you can think back to things in your life. You went through something. You didn't know how you got through it. But all you know is, is God brought you through it. He was glorified. It wasn't you because you wanted to give up. See, this is what he's saying here. I cope with the suffering in my life because I realize that as I rest in God, He is glorified to the world around me. That's what God's saying. That's what He's saying here. He is glorified. He is glorified through your suffering. Now, here's, here's the next point He makes here. And this is an interesting point, a good point that you and I need to see here. And that is this. He warns us now 
Don't suffer because of your sin. See, suffering is a part of our lives, isn't it? But there's also suffering that you bring on yourself. Isn't that right? There, you know, there's suffering. Suffering will happen on its own. But there's suffering that you create for yourself. And so Peter is saying here, notice what he says here. And it's interesting because he's not just talking about big sins. Listen to what he says here. He says, let none of you suffer as a murderer, okay, as a thief, as an evildoer, or as, listen to what he says, as a busybody. Who's, what's a busybody? A busybody in other people's matters. What's the whole point here? He's not just giving a few sins here. He's saying, look guys, if you're going to cope with suffering, one thing you do for coping with suffering, make sure that you're not suffering because of you. In terms of what you've done. In terms of the wrong you've done. Because when we do wrong, there's consequences, aren't there? You need to realize that when you do wrong, there's consequences. So if I'm going to cope with suffering, I need to recognize God's going to be glorified, but I also need to make sure that I'm not the cause of the suffering in my life. Because I've done wrong. And that's what he's saying there. He goes on and he says this. Look at verse 16. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. Here's the point. I want you to listen to me. This is a strong point. Don't be ashamed. I'll say it again. Don't be ashamed. Now, why do I need to sell that to you? Why does Peter need to tell that to us? Because Peter, he understands humans. And especially in our culture here today, where where strength is portrayed as being good and and everything going well is portrayed as being good. And the fact of the matter is, is we can fall into the cultural mindset that when you and I go through difficulties, when you and I have struggles, maybe it's a family issue, maybe we're struggling financially, maybe we've got health issues, I mean, the list could go on and on, can't it, about the struggles and the suffering that we face. Here's what happens. Your tendency is is to be ashamed about what's going on in your life. You will be embarrassed. In fact, that's just what happens. When stuff happens, you won't come to church. Of all the places you need to be when you're in the midst of it is in church for people to love you and support you. But here's what we'll do. Because of struggles, we won't come to church. Why? Because we're ashamed. Because we've forgotten that suffering is normal, and so here's what we've done. We think, well, man, I must be a leper. There must be something wrong with me. And so don't be ashamed. See, part of dealing with the issue of coping with the suffering that becomes a part of your life is not to be ashamed about what happens. Not to be ashamed. Isn't that true? Don't we get ashamed? And it's real, isn't it? Because, you know, here's what happens. When you go through hard times and you go through struggles, you've got people in your life that you look up to that you want their approval of. And, and here's what happens. It might be a family member. It might be somebody else. And, 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 and you know what? And Christians, can I be honest with you? Let me just stop for a moment. Christians can be brutal. Oh, Brad, you're going through a bad time, huh? wonder what you've been doing wrong. Isn't that what we think? Is God judging you, Brad? No. It's just life. But here's what happened. Brad may think, oh man, I can't go to church. I can't get up in front of people. What are they going to think when they know that I'm struggling with this or I'm suffering in this area? And we get ashamed. And Peter is saying, don't be ashamed. It's life. 
And listen, if somebody's got an attitude with you and has that kind of an attitude, that loving Christian attitude, well, there must be sin in your life, Brad. Listen, just wait. It'll happen to them. Why? Because suffering is normal. Isn't it? Suffering is normal. And that's what he's saying to us. Don't be ashamed. And he goes on and then says this. Notice something. Here's the reality. Here's what makes me get through it. God uses suffering in my life. God uses suffering in our lives. He uses it. Notice what it says there. Look at what he says. Verse 17. For the time has come for judgment to begin in the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will the end be of those who do not obey the gospel? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner be? See, God allows suffering because in the suffering He refines your life. As you handle the suffering and as you deal with it, you mature, you strengthen, you become more like Christ, you become more reliant upon Him. And that's why judgment begins now. That's why His children are allowed to suffer now because it's all a refining fire. But see, those who don't believe, where does judgment begin for them? Later on down the road. And Jesus comes back. In fact, here, this is a great point. Some of you here today, here's what you do. When you go through it, you get angry because you say, well, hey, how come they're not going through it? They don't follow you, Jesus. Looks like things are rosy for them. And you know what? It may look that way. But you're suffering now for the moment. The fact that they don't know Jesus, they'll suffer for eternity. Which would you rather have? See the point? See, that's what he's saying to us. God uses the suffering in our lives right now. Right now. A.W. Tozer said this. said, Seldom does God use a person greatly who has not been hurt deeply. Seldom does God use a person greatly who has not been hurt deeply. That's reality. That's reality. So then verse 19, look at this final point here in coping. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to Him in doing good as to their faithful Creator. The final thing I want you to see here is this. Place yourself in God's hands. Listen, let's stop for a moment. Think about this. What did I tell you? Suffering is going to be a part of your lives. Wake up to the reality. Because you wake up to that reality, the response is, and how I cope with it is, I place myself in the government's hands. No. God's hands. I place myself in God's hands. I commit myself to God. That's what I do. See, He's the only one who will bring you through it. He will use it in your life. He will be glorified by it in your life. He's the only coping mechanism in your life. We've got to come to that reality. Three things I want you to think about as we consider, as we begin this series. Number one, how do you react? How do you react to suffering in your life? How do you react? Look, it's a part of our lives. And, and it's a good question because that reveals a lot about ourselves, isn't it? How do you react? Do you, When you react, do you raise a fist to God and say, God, why would you let this happen to me? And you get angry? That says something right there. Or do you run to Him and you say, Lord, I don't understand. I don't understand. See, I shared with you about when my dad died in those two weeks. Let me tell you about those two weeks. I lived in... Uh, 
in an attic of a ministry house that was on Center Street, just three blocks from the Capitol building in Columbia, South Carolina. And I lived up there, and, and I had a roommate, and we were in this ministry house. And, and I would get off work, and I'd come home, and I would be so heartbroken about my daddy. And I can remember to this day just being there weeping by my bed, crying, praying to the Lord. First of all, it was a struggle because I would be like, Lord, I prayed for my daddy to get saved. And now he's dead, Lord. And, and it was just, first of all, the struggle of knowing where my dad was. And then, then, also, then as I worked through that, then just the struggle of God, why? Why? There was no answer. But yet I could talk to him. But then, finding my rest in Him. Finding my peace in Him. Finding my strength to go on. Finding my strength as the oldest son being there for my mom. For my brother and my sister. See, that's... What, what am I trying to say? I'm not trying to say, oh boy, George responded properly. No. That only comes from God. As He brings you to that point. And you have your stories. As you were struggling, as you dealt with stuff, the point is, is how do you react? That reveals something about you. It reveals something about your heart. Or do you get angry? Why does God let this happen to me? Haven't I done a lot for Him? How do you react? Suffering is a part of our lives. And then notice the next thing is don't be surprised by suffering. Isn't that what we do? I mean, we've gone through a lot already, haven't we? You and I, we've gone through, I mean, let's be honest, we've gone through some stuff in our lives, have we not? Yes, everybody. Yes, we have gone through stuff, right? But then when the next thing happens, we're like, whoa, what happened? Why is this happening to me? It's like we get surprised every time. My friends, don't be surprised. It's life. Life's hard. You know what's happened is this. We've gotten so comfortable with here, we've forgotten later on. Hear what I said? We've gotten so comfortable with now, with our lives now, with what we have now, that we've forgotten later on. In fact, John Piper said this. I heard him say this. I heard him speak one time and he said, he asked his people this question. If they could have all of heaven now, perfect relationships, perfect life, all desires fulfilled except God, would they be okay with that? And he said, the sad thing is that most people would. See, here's what suffering does. Suffering brings back the reality that we are only here for a moment. And that there's something more. Something more. Something greater. That's where our focus needs to be. Don't be surprised by suffering. And then finally, commit yourself to God. Commit yourself to God. It's the only way you're going to get through it. It's the only way you're going to get through it. Only way. We say, well, George, you don't know how long I've been enduring this. You're right, I don't. And Lord, George, you don't have any hope for how long it's going to last. No, I don't know how long it's going to last, but when you're in the midst of it, place yourself in the hand of God.
Place yourself in the hand of God. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.